Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have my friend Crystal Cockerham on, and I'll bring her on screen in just a moment, but just a couple of announcements. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on the podcast outlets, thank you so much. And if you're here on Facebook, we would love to see your comments and whether we um, answer them during this or afterwards, but still give us your comments. We would love your feedback. And remember my newest book, Connection to the Cosmos, Remembering Your Galactic Heritage and Embracing Your Oneness is available on my website, mysticmanta.com. It's also available on Amazon. And my Oracle deck is available on my website as well. So without further ado, let's bring on Crystal to the screen. Hi, Crystal. Hello, thank you for having me today. Yeah, so glad you could make it. And um, you were on your way home. And so you're doing this from your car. So I'm just glad you're on. <laughs> yes, I am too. I'm like, okay, in the car at a rest area that's better than being late or not being able to be on it. So yes. here we go. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell people more about you. So spiritual mentor, retreat leader, and author Crystal Cockerham works with empathic women to deepen their relationship with the divine, learn their soul's language, and hone their empathic um, gifts so that they can create the divinely inspired life they envision, desire, and deserve. Through her offerings and community, Crystal empowers and supports women in awakening their inner wisdom. Beautiful. So I'm so glad to have you on today. And um, before we get into your business stuff, the first question that I always like asking everyone is, how did you grow up? What kind of household? Was it spiritual or religious or something else? Because I want people to understand like where you came from to where you got to now. Yeah, I, um, well, neither, but if I had to choose one, I would say religious background. So that requires explanation for an answer like that, that I'm yeah. not trying to evade the question. Okay. <laughs> um, so my, my dad's side of the family was, is Catholic. Okay. Um, and my mom's side of the family really didn't practice actively any type of religion strictly like you couldn't choose one and see it like throughout that side um that I'm aware of um her side of the family was smaller so you know I was I was raised Catholic but we didn't go to church um, okay. My dad went to Catholic school. They were big in the Catholic church. My uncle, he went to seminary school and helped found a church. Um, but my dad, he's like, I've been through enough of that in my lifetime that I am good. Like, I don't need to actually go to a sermon to be religious. I know how to read the Bible. I believe, you know, I have those those good values. Um, so really, like I said, I guess you, I would have to choose religious though. It was really neither. Okay. So was your family kind of open-minded to other things out there or was it pretty strict to Catholicism and like, and the Bible? For um, 
No, it was pretty strict to Catholicism and the Bible. Uh, what's interesting, though, uh, when my uncle went to seminary school, the church that he founded was actually like when he was in there going through his training, mm -hmm. he discovered, you know, where and I'm not trying to get political, but where some things deviated right from history. So the church that he founded, not that he still didn't believe in Catholicism, he did, but the church that he founded was all pre-Council of Trent. Okay. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, it was pretty strict, but I wasn't like forced to learn the Bible. Like I knew how to do the rosary and I knew the significance of things and, and all of that. Okay. Well, so then how, um, how did you go from that kind of upbringing to then transitioning into the business that you do? What's the <laughs> journey along the way? <laughs> um, the journey along the way was really I life and the universe conspiring to plant me where I needed to be. Um, because it was, you know, during the time when one of my daughters got really sick and it was a scary thing. And I walked away from teaching um, because of it. And um, so when I felt like it was safe to kind of start getting back out there, I started doing that, but I didn't, I didn't um, explore teaching jobs, okay. so to speak, right? So the part-time job that I fell into in the same building, there was a life coach in the building. And um, that, that started me on the path, but also the person I was working for, one of the clients, um, she was into essential oils. Hmm. So between those two, I kind of hooked into my people, right? I'm air quoting, sorry. StreamYard yeah. is <laughs> different. Um, and I kind of hooked into my people and just found my own way into energy healing and spiritual counseling and um pretty much right away like within the first i'd say year and a half um it was a life coaching um certification i did a shamanic work for myself that just opened up my soul like no other um, I did energy healing certification and started working with people that way. And all the while I was doing training in essential oils and my niche with the essential oils was, um, was the emotional aspect and how you can work with them to heal emotionally, not just, you know, physically and for aromatherapy purposes, so to speak. So really, I, I feel like I was blessed that all these people just you know, came into my life and really never losing sight of, you know, just because I, I relay myself as spiritual, I do believe in, in that higher being still. So. Okay. So I, first of all, what kind of energy healing do you do? Is it Reiki or is it something similar to that? Just for the audience? To oh, understand? I am certified in melody crystal healing. And then I have, um, trainings in other types of energy work as well. Okay. What is the Melody Crystal Healing? I've never heard of that. So Melody Crystal Healing is crystal healing with the chakras, but also crystal grids, crystal elixirs. And it's the Melody is, she's, 
she has several books written on uh, crystals and crystal healing, like um, Love is in the Earth. I mean, if, if I were to, like, if I were at home and picking up the books, you'd be like, oh, I've seen that book. Oh, I've seen that book because she's been around for decades. So, yeah, it's her her protocol, so to speak. Okay. Excellent. Well, and because you did mention the shamanic training, I would love to know um, if you're willing to share um, what that like opening your soul was about, like what happened? Oh yeah. So I did the, I did the life coaching certification and I started on the energy work path. I was already doing the oils and um, I heard about the woman who I was teaching the classes with, she had mentioned about, oh, this woman coming and setting the space because she led women's circles and something literally turned my body into an owl because it was like spiritual whiplash. And before I even knew it came out of my mouth, I said, I want to know about that right now. And she's like, it, it was like, I shocked <laughs> her, but I shocked myself, like in the way that it came out. Right. Yeah. And, um, and she goes, you will. <laughs> but I probably asked her five or six times before she finally sent me the information. And when I went and did, and it was a, a work for me personally, right? That started it all. And when I, when I stepped in to that circle to do that work, it was as if my soul found its home, right? It was just oozing in ceremony that I never knew I craved before. Um, and the deep energetics that we learned was, yes, the shamanic roots of the energies um, in that way, in that ex explanation. Um, and the woman who was le leading it, because after I had done that piece of work, which was quite an extended journey, actually. It was a nine-month journey. Oh, wow. um, I did some mentor training with her, and we dove deep into Barbara Brennan work um, and continued with that. Um, and, and then I just went on and continued apprenticing in that way with different things like um, vision quest and matriarch, women initiation, that kind of thing. Okay, so is that ultimately what led you to lead your retreats that you do? Or, yeah. Okay, so can you tell people about the retreats? Yeah, the retreats, it, you know, that was that was a journey all in of itself. Um, it, it's not funny, it's not weird, but when you say that, you know, you know there's energies behind there like nudging you and pushing you forward, right? Um, and it was a couple years, mm, probably two or three years that I knew I wanted to lead my own retreats before an opportunity came up to where I finally did start doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason behind that is because the, the retreats for me are so deeply immersive you see profound, deep results, like life altering results mm -hmm. in a shorter period of time. And I very much love them. Yes, I very much enjoy working with women one on one. I love doing the programs. I love it all. But there's a sweet spot in the retreats. And I think it's because 
for the person who's coming in as a journeyer, as a participant in the retreat, they get to see the most progress right away. Because when you're working with somebody one-on-one or even in a program, I mean, this is an exaggeration, but it gets the point across. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like watching your hair grow. Your hair is growing all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Every day it gets longer. You just don't notice it as much. Um, But if you were to look at a picture of yourself from like three or six months ago, you'd say, wow, my hair has really grown. And you get that kind of feedback and that kind of growth out of a short, whether it's a three, five or seven day retreat um, versus three or six months worth of one-on-one. Yeah, I agree. And I love leading my retreats for that reason too. And there's also bringing the group of women together, like the energy that that creates is bigger than the individual parts of them. Yeah. That community, the connections that they make with each other in that short amount of time is it's like your soul family, right? It's a, it's a sacred community of bonding that never goes away. And something that Again, okay, yeah, you, you always say it on your retreat page. Let, let's just like get that out of the way. It's on there. You're going to build community. But until you experience it, you don't believe or realize like the enrichment and the fullness that it adds to your life by having those deep relationships, right? In that shared experience. Yeah. So um, do you, I know I'm familiar with your red tent retreats that you were doing. Um, Do you do different kinds of retreats or like what, what can people, if they want to come to you or come to a retreat, what, what kinds of things do you offer for them? Yeah, uh, really the gamut. I'm working on a few right now with no set locations or dates. Um, But I definitely am going to do a a woman's rites of passage again, which is, you know, the red tent and coming, you know, home to yourself, so to speak, in initiating that divine feminine aspect of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have another one that I want to do specifically for the healer archetype women. That drives me crazy. The the healer archetype women. (laughs) Um, you know, in holding space and really developing that sacred, that sanctity of holding space for another person. And what I mean by that is like massage therapists, um, you know, new to energy workers, Mm -hmm. maybe life coaches, those people where, you know, real things can happen while they're in your presence and you're, you're left what do I do? Right. Um, I'm in the midst of creating a retreat that will help people walk them through that. Even if they don't want to be a counselor or a life coach or do anything, they can still help those people in the moment um, so that they're not left flailing and, and trying to survive again. Right. Because that can be, that can be pretty damaging. Um, a couple of years ago, I did an incredible retreat and I cannot wait to go back to Mount Shasta, California. Mm-hmm. 
And I had an incredible partner in that, uh, Mary Pat Lynch. And uh, her and I, it was, um, you, you will love this because we did some cosmic ancestral work and, you know, like an updated chakra system and what that means and connecting with, you know, the stargate of your heart space. Um, every single thing about that retreat was incredibly magical, um, from the places that we went and we had, uh, really incredible experiences. So Mm -hmm. I held a air quoting sweat lodge. It wasn't a sweat lodge, but the energy of it in Pluto's cave on Mount Shasta, we literally went into one of the recesses of the cave and we did a, a sweat lodge circle in there just for, you know, one of the things that we did, which was incredible. Um, and the juniors, they, they came, came through and called in their spirit name. So, you know, there was a blessing of that. And we did that right at, um, up on the meadow where the natives of, um, of the area would, they still held sacred ceremonies there. So right where the springs come up, we did a blessing ceremony there with the, the spirit names and everything. So that was beautiful. And her and I are working on the perfect timing of an, a trip to Egypt. Okay. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've partnered with um, an incredible Egyptologist who will be like our, our guide in, in, in kind of going through the history. And there will be an archaeological dig and, and some wonderful things like meditating in the Great Pyramid for just us, a private viewing and, and all of that. So yeah, I'm really excited, you know, for what's coming as far as retreats go um, with those who find their way to me. Yeah, excellent. Well, so, okay, so you help women um, find their inner wisdom or really like come to that. And that's one of the things, there's so many different modalities, right? For really getting to know your inner wisdom. So how do you help women in that way? Well, for me, first I start with, you know, defining what is that inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that is in, in common across the board, no matter what I'm working with people on is really helping them hone and trust their intuition, which really leads them into their empathic gifts and then discerning, right? Like it's a whole new world when an empath learns to walk through a public space and really only know their own energy and not feel everybody else's, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's a big deal. And in so doing, you get to invest in your inner wisdom. So for me, your inner wisdom in the way that I I guide clients through this is your inner wisdom is the coming together of everything that you're transforming for yourself, everything that you have healed within yourself and learning to trust your intuition in the process right? Letting your intuition and your wisdom guide you because your wisdom isn't here. 
No, it's not. <laughs> Here. Yes. Yeah. Well, so did something happen in your life where you got inspired to do this work? Because um, like, did you, did you go through a time where you weren't listening to your inner wisdom? Yeah. And I didn't even know it. Okay. Um, I, like I had no idea. And the more that I unpacked and the more that I, those self-realizations that woke up in me, the mm-hmm. more I realized that it had been that way my whole life. So for me as an empath, I, I not only have the ability to feel all the people mm-hmm. around me, um, but it it's really hard being that person where, you know, a powerful empath, you, and if you don't know it, you can get so sick right? Yeah. Sick, emotionally sick, mentally sick, because there are moments where you feel like you're totally losing it because you're fine one moment. And then all of a sudden, what happened? I can't figure it out. Right. And so not, so in order to, to get to that space where you can walk through a public area where I can sit while a client is really being open and vulnerable and in unleashing great pain mm-hmm. and not take that on is a gift, right? Not only a gift in the ability, because I believe we all have that ability, um, but the ability and the journey that I went through of learning and discerning what's okay, what's me, and what's not, yeah. and trusting those instincts. So if something comes through for me when I'm with a client and I start feeling something, I know that it's not going to stay with me, but it's to help them get there. Okay. That makes sense. And that's kind of how I, I feel other people as well. And I spent years thinking other people's emotions and pain were mine. And I held that in my body and didn't realize that it wasn't. So, so important for those of you watching to really know like what, what is yours and what, what might be someone else's or even the collective consciousness. Yeah. And it can come in so many shapes and form, right? It could be all of a sudden you're nauseated. It could be all of a sudden you feel very anxious Mm -hmm. or you feel like you need to walk on eggshells around certain people because they're ready to blow it because they've been packing all their anger in. It can look so many ways. So do you have any tips to give people for trying to tease that apart? Quick tips. Obviously, it can take, you know, time (laughs) to practice. It does, doesn't it? It does. Well, for me, it's it's the check-in. You can you can train yourself and it's it's hard at first, right? Because it's new, Mm -hmm. it's foreign, and you're learning but you can train yourself to do it quicker and it's connecting with your breath and, you know, this tapping, you know, that thymus thump, just tapping it out. Like, is this mine? Is it mine to keep? Is there something I need for me? Right. And if no, 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 you let it go. Like you just let it go. Like, 
lay it down, step out of it. You know, I, I always, I always tell people like, if you're at work or you're out shopping or something, just literally get up and move someplace. Like mm -hmm. nobody has to know what you're doing or what's happening. Just go get a drink of water, get a fresh cup of hot tea, go to the bathroom, take a quick walk outside um, and come back. You can do it. You know, you can get to the point where it's, it's a one to 10 minute thing, depending on the severity of what's going on, but really just connecting with your breath and, and asking yourself those questions. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, you know, the old turn the radio dial tuning in, you yeah. know, as an empath, you're wide open and you can be tuned into everything at the same time. But once you learn that you can just tune into you and your connection with divine source, it makes it so much easier to maintain that signal and let that create your bubble. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the first thing I work on people work with people on. Um, the second thing is I really help them envision their shield around them, their energetic shield. And the, the short and skinny way of doing that is most everybody is familiar with Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Most everybody is familiar with what a Patronus is. And if not, it's easier to describe that than, you know, how to create that shield from inside. Um, and so once they understand that, then I can lead them through a meditation to where they weave their own shield around themselves. That allows light, allows all the good in, right? but protects them from that which they are not meant to know or carry or feel. Okay. Do you um, personally ever use the Archangel Michael blue bubble shield? Because that's one that I have learned to use from my friend and mentor, Sunny Don Johnston. And I, I, I love using Archangel Michael. Um, and, and he's like my angel. Okay. <laughs> he's my first go-to. Um, but I always, I always allow other people to say like who they get to call in to help them. Mm -hmm. um, and normally I know somebody's a long timer with me when they bring up Archangel Michael. Okay. It's, you know, like that's just one of those things where if, if they bring it up, I never instigate it, but if it comes up, I just know that I'm going to be working with them for a while. Okay. Interesting. But yeah. I, I love that idea of the Patronus because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and we do have that shield within us, like the, this bubble that yeah. we can really protect our energy or, or just maintain our energy. And that's, um, I guess, more of the phrasing that I prefer is I want to maintain my energy and not take on other people's energy. Right. Seen or unseen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because most of it's not seen. Mm hmm but you feel it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So the work that you do, how, because this is tricky, um, when we have the collective consciousness that is just pervasive throughout the whole earth, then how does one maybe tease apart that from themselves? Well, it starts with intention. Right. I'm everything begins with intention because um, for
for me, and I'm sure that this is your experience too, like the more work you do, the more levels, the more levels you hit, right? Like it just expands and gets bigger and it becomes like the gifts that you started out with, the senses that you started out with, mm -hmm. um, they become clearer, my, more fine-tuned. And then the ones that were lesser become more, right? Like yeah. you're always ascending. You're always moving up or I don't like it when they use the phrase, but a lot of people use the phrase up leveling. Right. But it, it, it's like that. So when you speak with the collective consciousness, for me, I know when that's creeping in and I just, I literally just try to counter it with goodness. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally just try to send as much peace and light and love and joy and gratitude towards it so that I don't feel it. Because especially over the last couple of years, that fear factor has been incredible. Yes. And, you know, when, when it first started, mm -hmm. um, if I had to go out at all, I would literally put earphones or earbuds on even just to stop the noise because it really helped me maintain my vibration. Because the first time I went out, I came home and it was like I had to recover from it for days, the anxiety and the fear I felt. Right. I Yes. <laughs> so anything that I could do to help me stay in my bubble, I did at that point. And that wasn't just the people I was walking by. That was the collective consciousness that was being broadcast on every station. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I have done is um, basically eliminate watching the news. Um, or any, years and years and years. Any of that, because, um, you know, what we're listening to or watching really seeps in. And so. Um, and they always focus on the negative. They do. Right. It was about. Mm -hmm. Eight or nine years ago, and I was up in northern Michigan and watching the local news because, you know, wherever I was, they had it on. And I'm like, you know, this is what news is supposed to be. They're like totally up speaking the heroes, what this community is doing, what this community is doing. And yeah, they would report some unfortunate things like, oh, there was a fire and blah, blah, blah. They would. But they had far more positive, upbeat things on the news than they did, you know, the lesson. Like, wow, if the news was like this all the time, I could handle that. Yeah. Right. But yeah, no, I avoid the news like the plague. It is a plague. I avoid it. Yes, you need to know what's going on, but there are lots of ways to know that. There are. And yeah, one of the things that if I need to know something, reading about it has a different impact than watching it or hearing it, I think. Yeah. Because yep. then and actually like really say, okay, is this, is this real or not? Right. Really use that inner wisdom, that inner truth. Yeah. Because you can, you can really, and especially, and I, I never get political, but you know, when you get around the election times, watching those infomercials and those commercials, those are like the worst thing ever. They're, they're the most toxic thing, no matter who it is. Yes. And it's like, no, I'd much rather just like do my own research and then make the decision for me because you're never voting for the person you're voting for what they're, what they're agreeing to or saying they're going to do. Right. Right. 
Yeah. But in that way, you know, as, as being an empath, it, it makes that, that guiding feature even more acute because you can see what's not right and you can feel what's not right. And you, you can't deny that, that feeling. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I would just, for again, people watching or listening, just really learning to tune in to your own Claire's because everyone has probably at least one Claire ability that they believe, but they, but you have to be quiet and still to really tune in to practice that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you practice it, it's, it's really a beautiful thing because some people will say, I never see anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's okay. Nobody said you had to see anything. Yeah. You know, there, there's hearing, there's feeling, there's sometimes it comes in your dreams. You know, there's so many different ways that it comes through. And then other people will say, well, I never hear anything, but I see the pictures so clear. And then the more they work on that, the other things start coming on board and they notice how that works for them. Yeah. Uh, so that it's, it's, it's a powerful source that we are all born with. Like, just because you and I have more practice in it, that doesn't make us more intuitive than anybody else who who hasn't been practicing. It just means they haven't learned how to hone their skills or their craft and to use them. Yes, because everyone has these abilities. So yes, <laughs> yes. we're just, like you said, we're more practiced, some of us. So right. yeah. And, and in tune, like we, um, I, Lost my train of thought there. I'm not sure where I was going with that. Okay, so let's flip back to the crystals because, you know, I know um, I work with crystals. I love crystals. I love their energy. They all have different things that they really can do. And in the work that I've done, my regression work, I know that they actually have consciousness as well. Mm-hmm just like trees and other plants and all all minerals, elementals. So what is your experience with the energy of the crystals and working with that, with the healing? Mm, It's it's, for me, it's absolutely purely intuitive. Um, Some people enjoy going by the book and matching like crystals with the chakras. But there are times, there have been several times actually, where I've done an all rose quartz healing on somebody because that's what they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you're following the guidance, right, you're not letting this get in the way and you're feeling your way through it, based on the response of the person's energy, right? And and yours. So the way I like to describe this to people is when I set the space and when you give me permission to work on you, you're literally giving your guides permission to talk to my guides. The energy's coming through me. It's not coming from here. Okay. Right? From the logical mind for those listening. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. <laughs> So it's not coming from from my brain of, 
oh, this is what you do. And then next you make them, you know, you have them do this breath. And then next, no, that's like my healing has evolved to the point to where, yeah, the basics are there with the Melody Crystal Healing. But the deeper you go into the trainings and the levels of that, and then with the other work that I've done, it's it's like its own special blend now. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, so someone who would need rose quartz. So, you know, my understanding and experience of rose quartz it's, is that's love, right? The energy mm -hmm. of love. So, what, so that person that needed all the rose quartz, is that what they, what you picked up on that they really needed? Yeah, it was. Um, so one in particular was she had been in a long relationship and um, it had ended and she literally was loving herself through it or trying to. But at that point, like she was just so hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and rightfully so ending something like that um, when there's real love, but wasn't a healthy situation. Right. Um it's amplifying that, that inner love, that inner peace. And the rose quartz is that unconditional love. Yeah. And it's that divine source of unconditional love, which is something like a mother to a child, you can get that experience of mm -hmm. um, without any, but imagine that even more amplified. That's the power of a rose quartz, right? Yeah. When yeah. you're adding your intention to that, any intention you add to any crystal, the crystal only amplifies that. So it it's really important to clear before you start planting, right? You're not going to go out to a patch of dirt and just toss some seeds necessarily willy-nilly. You're going to clear the space and then you're going to intentionally, you know, plant the seeds. And, and that's how I use the crystals. Okay. So the crystals, so are, when you're clearing the body first before you're putting the crystals on. Okay. And then that's through the energy healing that you do. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just trying to understand. Well, and I love, you know, even though I have different modalities, I've kind of, made them into my own kind of thing as well, you know, using more of that intuition rather than just by the book, you know? Oh yeah. And I mean, there's always homework, right? Like sometimes there, there's a crystal that that person really needs mm -hmm. and then it's their job to put themselves into places to where that crystal can find them. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because anybody yeah. can walk into any shop, and yes, you can find whatever crystal you're looking for. But is it your crystal? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> do you do you have a like one favorite crystal that you're always your go-to that no matter what you know that that is yours? Mm, do I have one? I think. Or what's your favorite one? If you have one. Um, if I need something really earthy, I like Merlinite. I haven't heard of that one. It's uh, a shaman stone. And if I was at home, I'd put one right here so yeah. you can see it. <laughs> um, it's a really fun stone. Uh, Google it. 
there's a I'm, lot of variation in it. It's really cool. It's a very cool stone. So if it's an earthy vibe that I need, um, I go to Merlinite. Mm -hmm. If it's really like tingly, like I call it spiritual tickles, like I need it so high. I really like Herkimer Diamond and Kyanite. Um, anything else, I mean, any of the quartzes, you know, I, I love, I love the quartzes. And at home, I have this, this piece of Anandolite, A-N-A-N-D-O-L-I-T-E. And this stone, oof, is amazing and sometimes if i just need to be recharged that feels more powerful for me than a chunk of amethyst okay. and i'll just put it over my womb space okay yeah good. yeah my um one of my very favorites is amazonite which mm. helps me um feel i think more calm and peaceful and it also helps me with my voice, <laughs> sharing from that heart space. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I actually, right here in my lap, is my Lemurian quartz. Which, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So this one spoke to me. My friend Irene owns a crystal store in Kona. And um, I walked in the store and I was like, oh, my God, I have to have that. <laughs> my name um but this one actually when i when i need actual real calming or connection to mm -hmm. my um cosmic family and guides this is the one that uh, helps me get there really fast i love that yeah. a lar larimar is another really good one mm -hmm. that i like to use sometimes too yeah yeah so speaking of cosmic family um, have you actually ever had any UFO or alien experiences that you are aware of? Well, we had some UFO experiences when we were on Mount Shasta. <laughs> I'd love to hear about that. What did you experience or see? Uh, so we were actually uh, the retreat center where we stayed. Um, you could see the top of Mount Shasta. All you had to do was like go out on the balcony or, you know, drive out to the gates and come around the corner. And there she was like in all her majesty. Mm -hmm. But there was a few nights where we did some, some evening meditations and you could see like, it couldn't have been anything else. Like there's no way it could have been anything else other than spacecraft. Were they um, lights that you were seeing or did you actually see like a shape of something? It was the actual lights and the way that they were, that they were going. And there were multiple ones of them, mm -hmm. um, two nights in a row, actually. Okay. Yeah. And being on Mount Shasta, I'm curious, did, um, did anyone experience any St. Germain energy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the violet flame appeared several times um, on our during our time there. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, can you tell more? Tell our audience more about that. Yeah. So the violet flame um, of Saint Germain actually mm -hmm. is something that you can call forward, um, and it's funny because 
it showed up and you know they were all attaching it to saint germain and i'm like okay and one of them even bought me this little book and it was it was really it was really wonderful um but i knew the violet flame as the ethereal flame in the melody crystal healing okay. so it's it's funny when once you get into the different things the crossovers of everything yeah and so the violet flame being like that ethereal flame that you can call in and mm -hmm. it can not only heal but it can it can transform it can purify it can really the possibilities are endless as to what you can do with that violet flame yeah i actually have a violet flame card in my new deck my new oracle deck do I you i do that's awesome i love it yeah yeah no and and so it was funny because um with with the violet flame i was called to it when i first learned about it as mm -hmm. the ethereal flame um and then when it came up over in mount shasta i started working with it more and mm -hmm. i realized i had never not been working with it okay um so it was like one of those one of those synchronicities that was really quite lovely there we found in Shasta City, the city, not up on the mountain. Well, it's on the mountain, but the actual city. Okay. Um, there was a peace gardens. And we we took everybody there and they had a special section for St. Germain. They had one for um Green Tara. I I mean this garden was amazing and it was a private it was a privately put together um garden mm -hmm. but they took donations and they were just continuing to add to it like there is a, a mother mary i mean it was it was just an incredible place it sounds we have something similar on island here a peace garden mm -hmm. that ha it has different statues from different spiritual um practices around the world and yeah and yes yeah, gorgeous plants and flowers. And and the vibrations you get from it is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, very cool. Well, and I have not been to Mount Shasta ever. <laughs> so, but it, again, it's on the bucket list. And um, so, yeah, fascinating. But so tell people where you live so that if they want to work with you in person, um, they might be able to contact you. And then also, do you work with people remotely as well? Yes, both ways. Um, I live in Michigan, in the lower uh, lower Michigan, the Mitten. Um, and I do live in lower Michigan, like the lower, lower part. Uh, but I do travel north a lot. Um, so, you know, physically, yeah, if you're in Michigan, we can work together. Uh, mm -hmm. And I work with people virtual all the time. All the time. So really crystalcockerham.com is my website. And on there, um, you know, I have my services are on there. Um, you can schedule a call with me. Um, I have my uh, meditation shop on there. I have a goddess jewelry line on there. And on, on Facebook, I have a private Facebook group called Feminine Wisdom Keepers. Mm -hmm. That is, <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. And um, 
and and it's it's just for women and there are lots of opportunities in that group to really expand your awareness and ask questions and leave your comments and have really wonderful sacred conversations with others yeah beautiful so do you do the crystal healing from afar or is that something yep. okay because yep. it's all energy so i was just yeah i'm sure yep. That was that would be a curiosity question for some of our audience. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I do the um, you know the distant healing or the remote healing. Like there's so many different yeah ways that you can call that. But yes, I absolutely do. Excellent. Well, and is there anything new or special coming up for you that you're excited about? A new new project or next step? Well, at the end of the month, this month, I'm actually. Um, doing enrollment right now for the intuitive connection circle. So, I mean, you will love this because it's, it's five weeks of helping others unpack what they feel is in their way from being intuitive to really dismantle the beliefs of how they're not intuitive, you know, that kind of thing. And also ask those questions and strengthen the Oh my gosh, I think that's my intuition. How do I how do I trust that? How do I know for sure? Uh, so that's a, a five-week course that's starting at the end of October, the intuitive connection circle. Okay. Well, excellent. So um, do you have any final words or wisdom that you would like to share at this moment? Um no, I say just keep following that following the opening no matter uh oh we lost her oh, there you are i lost you <laughs> yeah follow the opening follow that path you know that that stems from within you that is leading you somewhere right mm -hmm. because even if it's scary and it feels really big it's where you're meant to go it that's that's your path beautiful well, Crystal, thank you so much for being with me today. And to those of you watching or listening, thank you for your time and energy and being with us. And I will see you next time. Thank Aloha. you.